keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs. These are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Turgeon from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm Rob, and I'm creeping it real. And this is episode 33. Wow. And we have a super awesome guest. Who is it, Rob? It's a special guest from the podcast realm. We got <sighs> Eric Burke from E.B. Morelli. How are you doing tonight, man? Oh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. You uh, guys, man. Such excitement. <laughs> Woo! Come on, when you're talking about reptiles, that's like... Pumped that's up, man. Yeah, Woo! hell yeah. That's true. Dude, I'm, 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 I just have Carpet Fest vibes. Yes. We fucking missed it. So now I'm just like, I'm like, woo. <laughs> uh, we got our own little personal carpet fest. That's right. That's it right. It won't be the same. It, it's mini, but it's worth it. Yeah. And nobody has to jump off your fucking roof. Ooh. <laughs> we call that wheelering it. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking great. If you don't know, now you, you know. know. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> All right, so Eric, for the people who might not know you or the kind of things that you're, you, where you've been at and what you're doing, how did you kind of get your start with reptiles? Well, um, so this is my ball python story for you guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when, I, when I was a kid, I um, I went to uh, the natural uh, museum, uh, natural history museum in uh, Philadelphia, and. There was uh, they were showing like various animals, you know how they they kind of do that, and they show different animals and such. And they pulled out this snake, and it was it was a ball python. And I was in kindergarten, and you know they wanted somebody to come up and touch it, put it around their neck, that type of thing. And you know I was just like everybody else was scared to death, but like I just wanted to hold that snake. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom's saying to me like you know. No, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm like, well, man, I want to hold the snake, you know? It's always the moms, man. The moms are always, like, uh, poo-poo in the snake keeping, you know? Like, it's lizards are okay. <laughs> but, oh, moms. Anyway, um, yeah, we, you know, I, I held it, and that was kind of it. And then it just snowballed from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why I have a special spot in my heart for um, for pythons in general. Um you know, I always, I often wonder like what makes you a boa person or a, a, a python person or a colubrid person. Like, what is it that like as you're coming up, you decide this is where I want to go. You know? Yeah, because yeah, it feels like there isn't a lot of people who like branch out and do all of them. It's like you either are, like a python person or you're a right. boa person or a colubrid person, and there's not a lot of people who like span all of it. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. But, uh, but yeah, man, and, and then, you know, uh, in my 20s, I got into music and, you know, playing guitar, playing in bands and stuff like that. So I really didn't have time. So I got out of it until I was about 30, um, which is kind of like seems to be the trend, you know, from like <laughs> <laughs> most people kind of like leave it for a little bit, whether they're going off to college or whatever, you know. And once I got a house, um, then you realize that you can like keep whatever you want. You know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pandora's box has yeah. been opened. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, wait, I can, I can have whatever I want. Yeah. And yeah. It just kind of snowballs. So. <laughs> you mean if but, I put snakes in the spare room, your, my in-laws won't show up. 
Hell, Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's a freaking awesome. And then so you have also you're you're in the podcasting game as well. And you guys, uh, you and uh, Owen run NPR, Merle Python Radio. And then you've also started to branch out and do a couple other podcasts as well. So why don't you talk about a little bit about uh, how those kind of came to fruition? So I've always I've always been a fan of Reptile Radio. I thought it was the greatest oh, yeah. thing ever. You know, I mean, like and again, all they really talked about was ball pythons, but I didn't care. You know, it was just somebody talking about reptiles. And you could take a lot of what they talked about and, like, apply it to whatever you're doing, you know? Um, yeah. But at that time, I sort of just started – I found Norelia. And um, I was I was kind of bummed because it didn't seem like, you know, I would be – if you listen back to the old episodes, like, I'm constantly sending Larry messages. Can you ask this question? Can you, can you get this guest? You know, and uh, – um, finally I, I had said to him, I said, would you be mad if I started my own podcast, you know, like reps? Cause I didn't want to copy off of them, but I was like, would right. you be mad? But I want to focus on carpet pythons and Moralia because it seems like there's a lot of, you know, misunderstandings about them and, and such. And, uh, he's like, hell no, man. You know, but it's so weird. Like I, I had to ask permission. To start a <laughs> it was a different time but, then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, that was nine years ago this month, actually. And, wow, um, wow. here we are nine years later. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the whole purpose was just to sort of give, you know, at the time carpet pythons and green tree pythons really weren't. And, and at the time, Morelia included scrub pythons, and it included Boland pythons, mm-hmm. and it included rough scale pythons. You know, all the, in my in my uh, opinion, all the cool cool pythons. But, um, <laughs> yes, they didn't get a lot of attention, and uh, I thought, like, man, wouldn't it be cool if people knew more about these snakes? So that's kind of that's kind of how NPR started, and. Um, you know, the recent ones, um, I've always wanted to do a podcast with my good friend Rob Stone. We've talked about it for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like everybody, uh, you know, there's so many podcasts now, Reptile Podcasts, man. I can't keep up with all of them, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, That's true, yeah. Uh, so many, you know. Um, but uh, I wanted to do something completely different than anybody has done. I didn't want to do like the interview style like we did on NPR. I didn't want to, I wanted to do something where it was like informational, but sort of, sort of like radio lab. I don't know if you've ever heard that podcast, uh, you know, um, but it's sort of like, they do like, they have like sound effects that go in between. It's like, I call it B roll for audio, you know, and, uh, I don't know. I just wanted to do something different. So me and Rob decided that we were going to pick a species and we're going to focus on that species and like research it as much as possible because I also wanted to push myself out of my comfort zone, like carpets and real, it's my zone, you know, like I I know that, but like I wanted to learn more about other stuff that I I really didn't know about. So that's sort of where a student of the serpent came from and um, really focusing on like natural history and hopefully it'll make people understand some of the behaviors of, of these different species and that, you know, they, they ultimately they could be better keepers, um, you know, uh, for somebody that doesn't have time to sit down and like read a scientific paper and you know, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. And uh, 
but yeah, that's that. And Owen's sort of doing a one Kluber corner, kind of the same idea, but he's really just focusing on Klubrids, um, or how he calls them Kogabrids. But um, <laughs> everybody says uh, it very differently. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's that's sort of like uh, something that he doesn't really get to um, talk about uh, too much on NPR. You mm-hmm. know, so but I know he loves he loves his giant. Colubrid. Ever since we went up, actually, when we went up to Nerd and he saw, what was this snake he saw? Baron's Racer, maybe? Or no. yeah, that, or like a Ridley uh, Eye or something? Yeah, I think it was Ridley Eye. Yep, yeah. Yep. And he was like, oh, I need this. Oh, <laughs> the first time Dude. that you hold a cave dwelling rat snake, you're like, oh, why haven't I had these my entire yeah. life? These things are fucking <laughs> yeah, amazing. <right. laughs> Owen likes big things to bite, you know? That, and just, that's it fits perfectly. <laughs> and if they bite you, they don't really mess you up. Like, if a big retic bites you, it can mess you up. A big yeah. Ridley eye bites you, you're like, ah, oh, that kind of hurt a little bit. You're, you're fine. Yeah. yeah, that's very true. Yeah. No stitches from the Ridley eye. No, no. <laughs> and we got a couple others that are in the works. Um, we're working on a field herping um, podcast with, uh, with Nipper Reed. Yes. Oh, very cool, so, yeah. So, so that should be cool. Um, that's sort of been like one of my, uh, this COVID thing is really killing me because I've missed two trips to Australia uh, <laughs> over the past year. So, but um, I'm hoping, uh, you know, things get back to normal and we can get back yeah. out there. So, well, that's, that's, that's okay. You know what? But you know what? That's okay because now I can actually potentially catch up to the number of times you've been to Australia. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so we compromised actually this year. We went to West Texas. And I got to tell you, man, that was really cool. I was, I was pleasantly surprised about how cool that herping trip was. You know, um, I dig it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Not necessarily looking... something that I would keep, but you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really right. Cool to see in the wild, you know. It's yeah, I think there's there's that. definitely a divide when it comes to that of like things that you are interested in keeping and and observing in your home, and then stuff that you like to field hurt because like. When I think about field herping or when I think about when I'm, I'm – let me start over. When I'm thinking about what I want to keep in my home, if I can drive someplace and find it, I usually don't – I don't have a whole lot of interest in actually keeping it in my home because I'd rather <laughs> just see it in its natural habitat, you know? The, the thing with the scrubs and the Borneos and stuff is like I'm not going to Borneo, you know, every week. It's like it's not someplace I can go all the time. <laughs> so like that's right. going to be like a destination. I can go there a couple times maybe in my life and then, you know, I have to just enjoy the animals for what they are in my home uh, but yeah. if i can go someplace and see black tail rattlesnakes in the wild that's what i want to do like i can you know coordinate a southwestern flight down to arizona you know twice a year if i really wanted to or a couple times a year yeah and go do oh, that yeah. so that's that's definitely how i feel like i very rarely do i want to keep things that i could like drive someplace and see in the wild mm-hmm. yeah there's like um you know, I never understood the whole field herping thing when I was just coming back into reptiles. Like, you know, why would you go want to go take a trip and trudge through, you know, whatever you're trudging through? And, like, when you can just see it at a reptile show. But, like, you really uh, – what I've learned doing it is, like, you can learn stuff that you cannot learn on any podcast, in any book, in any – and you know what I mean? Just – 
being in the environment and knowing what the humidity feels like and knowing what the heat feels like and knowing what, you know, just how it feels when it's at nighttime and the temperature drops or mm -hmm. like, you know, what does the rocky outcrop actually look like? And, uh, you know, little micro habitats that, uh, that, that these animals are utilizing. Like a lot of times people talk about, you know, we're keeping, uh, you know, whatever species and it's 106 degrees in their, you know, when you look up on a weather app or something, mm -hmm. but a lot of these animals are, are, are in these little micro habitats. And like when we went to Chilago in, in Australia, we went into these caves and like outside the caves, it was like 110 degrees, but inside the caves, it was like 78 degrees, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's where yeah. all the reptiles were. So it's but, just, it's just I, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, it's slower for me to catch on to things. <laughs> like when I actually see it, I get it, you know? Yeah. So. But that's like a lot of people will do that and they, they're like, well, I researched where this animal came from and it says that it's, you know, 98 degrees for half of the year. And it's like, well, the <laughs> snake's probably not sitting in the hot direct spot sunlight. in the direct yeah. sunlight. It's probably, you know, finding someplace cooler. They are ectothermic. <laughs> so, you know, right, they're not yeah. just sitting out there cooking, you know, with the maybe like bearded dragons and some monitors being the uh, exception to the rule. <laughs> but, sure, you know, yeah. they're probably not doing that. But then just thinking about that, like exception to the rule, like where we keep a lot of water water monitors at nerd their basking spot has to be like 120 to 140 degrees and if you drop below like 100 degrees for a basking spot they have a tough time digesting their food so like if sure. i'm sure if people had not done you know gone out and seen where these monitors are hanging out and you know temp gunned it and checked it and that sort of stuff they they probably wouldn't have known that you they enjoy these spots that get super super hot for a couple yeah. hours and then they just take off and go do their thing for the rest of the day just little things like yeah. that we went to this, uh, my first time we went to Australia, there was this, uh, this gorge that we went to and, you know, we, we climbed down into the bottom and whatnot. It's seven o'clock in the morning and I took temperature readings of the rocks in the sun and they had, they were already at like 110 degrees, wow. you know, and it was like, wow, <laughs> you know, so like these reptiles are coming out, basking real quick in the early morning and then heading back for cover until nighttime they're out and about you know mm -hmm. so, just but, enough uh, to get them get them going get them moving <laughs> yeah 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 100 you know scrub pythons and carpet pythons were on the move at 72 degrees i think it was you know they they wow. worry in the world you know? yeah and they're yeah. just they're active and they're not even you know they're they're not they're taking it like it's nothing and people in yeah. captivity, they're going, oh, my God, it dropped below 80 degrees. My snake's going to die. And you're like, it's 78. What do I do? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's that's consistently, like, the, the biggest thing when it comes to husbandry is, like, everybody, you know, follows the care guide to a T. And, yeah. it's, and like, they, you know, it, for some species, this, this might be true, but the animals are far more forgiving, um, dependent upon species, than we sometimes give them credit for. You know, when it, especially when it comes to temp drops and, and stuff like that, you know, like, I mean, I, I immediately think to stuff like diamonds and, and, and brettles pythons when you're talking about cooling them and everything. You're like, oh, this is kind of cool, though, you know, for, for one of those one of those, right. you know, Australian species. And it's like, right. well, I mean, if you think Australia is 110 degrees all the, time, all the time, yeah. you know, then uh, then you might need to get your ass on a plane and go figure it out for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know that was sort of like west texas was the same thing at nighttime it's like you know it was cold man it was like 50 degrees Ugh, <laughs> oh shit like, yeah you know during the day it's hot 
you know? And yeah. then, like, at nighttime, it's like, like, you know, you have to wear a jacket, and you're like, what the hell? It's awful. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, when cool, people, though, you know? yeah, when people think about like the southern part of the United States or like the southwest, even they think of like it's really hot all the time, but it's like that dry heat. So and they don't, you know, they don't talk about at nighttime that crazy temp drop that you can get sometimes, especially during winter time. Yeah, uh, even, even yeah. in the fall, it's pretty wild. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, one thing that was that I that I really took back is like before I left for Australia, I used to say all the time that humidity really didn't matter. Um, with with carpet pythons, and I think that carpet pythons are just such a species that are so forgiving of keeper errors that it probably maybe really doesn't hurt them. Mm-hmm. But like the hu- the humidity that I mean, it was like eighty six percent humidity at nighttime, and like I have to imagine that somehow that that must uh, you know i think of like respiratory infections and carpets and morelia and stuff like that and like you know a lot of people associate respiratory infections with cold you know Mm -hmm. but to me i I think about myself and like when it's winter here in the eastern united states you know we got all this dry air blowing on us and like our our, you know our lungs get dried out and and you know you get sick but like I wonder if that's the same thing that happens with with these snakes, you know, like they need that humidity to keep their, um, you know, their 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 lungs and stuff moist and and whatnot. And um, I don't know. I, I just I just made me think like, you know, I I don't know if they necessarily need it or have to have it, but mm. like I I have changed that with mine where I offer humidity. I mean. Luckily for us here on the eastern U.S., we have humidity kind of built in mm-hmm. just by accident. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> you know, some places there's like zero humidity or whatever. And out west, there's you know, oof, <laughs> oof, poor bastards. It can be yeah, difficult. You know? <laughs> Unfortunate but, for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was the thing that kind of drew you to Morelia in the first place? I mean, like a lot of people see green tree pythons and like, wow, that's like an incredible snake. And, and it's even to people who aren't really crazy into reptiles, they might see the pictures of a green tree python. They might be drawn to it. But carpet pythons, I feel like it's more niche or niche. Uh, yeah. What what really drew you to Morelia? Dude, man, they're, the, they're, they're like, oh, my God, I, I, I love them so much. Like, they come in every color and pattern you can possibly imagine. And, like, <laughs> you know, they're, like, that perfect size to where they're not too big, but they're big enough to where they're handleable. You know, for the most part, I mean, I don't really have any. I maybe have one carpet that's, like, you know, that doesn't want to be held. But for the most part, they're pretty chill as adults. I don't, you know, have their – they're very – uh, keeper forgiving, uh, like I said, because you know, if you look at them in the wild, most of them are in human habitat. Uh, you know, they're moving into people's barns and porches yeah. and attics and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. I just I don't know what it was that, that I wanted to work with something different. Um, I started meeting guys like Owen and Jason Dalen and, and Mike Curtin and like all these guys at the show and they were just such cool guys, you know, and I'm like, wow, you know, not only are these guys cool, but they're working with cool snakes. And I think it was, I think it was a tiger carpet at Hamburg 
that just like sealed the deal for me, man. I was walking down the aisle and there Jason Balin had this beautiful tiger out on the table and I'm just like, I'm done. You know, but, um, but yeah, the community was so, uh, you know, I don't know, man. It's like, you, you kind of lurk for a little while and like the MP forum and you kind of like this, this kind of listen to everybody going back and forth about, you know, whatever the, topic of the day was back then but um i don't know it just seemed like they were more into the i call it the geeky science part of keeping snakes you know like the, <laughs> yeah you know it's not just about the paint job on the car it's about how the engine works underneath you know that kind of thing like uh and and that's what i was sort of drawn to um so yeah i love them man it's, yeah i get i can definitely favorite. dig that i can definitely dig that man it's been, like i just remember I remember for years uh, going to White Plains, walking by Mike Curtin's table, mm-hmm. and like I was already <laughs> interested in carpets, but then like you meet Mike, and Mike has this really cool thing on the table that's either not for sale or is so highly priced, <laughs> like you just you just are gonna stare at it and realize you'll never be able to afford it. And I remember yeah. so many times walking past his table, like when he was uh, really digging into the ocelot stuff really hard. And uh, yeah. he'd be like, "Hey, come here, come here and look at this." And I'd be like, "Oh Jesus, what are you gonna show me now?" And then I see the snake, and I'm like, "You fucker!" <laughs> there were multiple you times. Help but see that shit from halfway across the show. Oh, Literally. of course, of course. And sometimes <laughs> like I'm not gonna yellow. right. And you know, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I asked for it myself. I'd just go right to his table and be like, "All right, what the hell do you got? I don't, have, I don't want it. There's no cat calling me this time, motherfucker. Like, let me just see it now." <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, you know, I'm just thinking like one of the other things um, when I was younger and I was just getting back into reptiles. Like one of these, this idea that I had is that. I wanted to keep as many species of pythons as that I could because I just love pythons. Mm-hmm. And um, I sort of went through, uh, you know, I I was married at the time and then I got a divorce. And when I got a divorce, I had to sort of like get rid of uh, my collection and kind of move it out and split it up. And like I put these carpet pythons in my parents' basement with a hot, like a light and um, dude, it got, it got like 50 degrees down there. And, like, all the other snakes got sick. Carpet pythons, they, they shed perfectly. Rock solid. <laughs> like, they were just, they were perfect. Like, they were, like, just bulletproof. And I'm yes. like, okay, this is the snake for me, you know? Yeah. Somebody somewhere in the universe is telling me, this is the one. This is the one. You can make mistakes and it'll be okay. Right, right. <laughs> Dude, I, I, remember, I remember getting a pair, a pair of Coastal's. This is, I don't know how many years ago, but I got them. I won them uh, on a Ben Siegel auction. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, and they weren't anything, so I don't even have them anymore. But um, they just, something about them just caught my eye. But the shipment, it was the middle of winter, and the shipment got delayed by two days. Oh, shit. And I was like, oh, man, these things are, these things are goners. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely right. goners. So, <clears throat> and I remember... Uh, my mom and I, like we were, we were tag team in FedEx. She mm. would be calling them. I'd be calling them at the same time. Where the fuck are these yep. <laughs> And, um, dude, I remember, so they, they came to my house, right? They came to the house. 
they rang. It was like ding dong ditch. Oh, they yeah. dropped the box, rang the doorbell, <laughs> ran. Yeah. Right. And I, I, by the time I got to the front porch door, they were already driving away. And I'm like yep. shaking my fist like the angry old man. <laughs> you bitch, get off my lawn. But I remember opening up the box and I was like, I was expecting dead animal. Yep. Right. And dude, they were basically like lifeless and motionless, but they weren't stiff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what made me think about it, but it was like, just blow on it. Just blow hot air on it. Mm-hmm. And I did right. that. And then I saw the tail twitch mm-hmm. and I lost my shit. And both of those snakes lived. Wow. It like, oh, shit. dude, it blew me away. I just literally took yeah. a hairdryer and uh, put it on medium and then pressed the cool button mm-hmm. and just like gently fucking was hitting them with the with the cool air and then slowly warming it up. And they fucking did great. Wow. And wow. that for me was like, OK, don't ever get your carpet pythons to 10 degrees. But <laughs> should but it happen, if it happens, all you need is a hair dryer <laughs> and you should be OK. <laughs> good oh man dude that was that was intense because i i didn't think they were gonna survive but um that was just another another one of those moments of just like dude these things are fucking rock stars Mm -hmm. like holy crap yeah Yeah, man i know you know i know it's not they're not the flashiest and whatever but like you know for me like i i tried to work with ball pythons i tried working with short tails like trying to get into like the different things but like for whatever reason, I just couldn't dial them in. And like, I had bad sheds all the time. And like, you know, I, I, I just, and I'm like, why am I doing this? To, like to stress myself out when like these work great for me. Like they just work. Like it, it, yeah. they're just dialed in. I think like the most important thing that you can do in, in this hobby is like pick the snake that you love or pick the, whatever the reptile, the animal that you love and work with doesn't matter if other people think it's cool or not make it cool like just by you yes. liking it your enthusiasm about it is gonna is gonna make people be like huh never thought about that but maybe i'll check them out you know maybe perfect, you like them maybe you won't you know the right. perfect example of that rubber boas those things look like fake dog poop but everyone is losing their mind over them right now and i'm like you're really you're excited about the dog poop snake that doesn't have a face that one that's the cool one okay i mean but people are so geeked about them right now i don't know what it is man i like i don't get it like i i'm happy that they're excited for for their um uh rubber boas but i just do not get it i look at it i'm like oh Mm, that looks like a gag gift that you would get at like the mag- magic shop. That's like, uh, oh, look at this little pile of dog poop yeah. that I found in my yard. I'm telling you, man, I believe it's somebody somewhere, right? It's talking about rubber boas and how freaking cool they are. Oh, right? that 100%. Like, dude, yeah. 100%. The coolest snakes ever. Yep. I'm telling you, man, you yep. got to get yourself some rubber boas. Yeah. I'm telling you, they do this, they do this. I put them there. You don't have to send them. You know, 100%. Why you love them. And somebody's like, Whoa, oh damn! Check That's out these cool. rubber balls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. it's crazy and because now the tidal wave has begun. <laughs> it has. I do. Right. I saw them go up for sale and they were sold in twenty minutes. Like I've never, ever, ever would have expected that out of rubber boas. Or yeah. like same yeah. thing with like Calabar burrowing pythons. Like <laughs> I mean, I I think that they're an interesting like body shape, but again, sure. just <laughs> not really a snake that draws my attention in any way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird how that you know. Yeah. I I think people yeah. were just hyping him up so much, but because I 
I know at least a dozen people right now that are like, hey, do you know where I can find rubber boas? I'm looking for, I want to buy all the rubber boas I can find. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know, man. I can't help <laughs> like, you. I can't help you. I can't help you. I'm I sorry. Help you. I, Here's I, a ball python. I though. saw one that was for sale. I screenshot it. I sent it to my friend and he messaged him like five minutes later. He was like, it already sold. And I was like, are you Damn. kidding me right now? Yeah. <laughs> That's Dude. wild. Yeah, like a couple things that I learned doing the podcast over the years is one, like, you, I, you know, I don't know if you guys have run into this yet, but like over the years, you talk to all these different people and especially when you get people that are super psyched about like what they're working with. And like at the end of the show, you're like, man, I really want that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really want that bag. <laughs> like, oh, I wonder who has them. And and the other thing is, like, I never understand why, you know, to make your snake or reptile that you like be better, that somehow you have to, like, make another one be shit. Less, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, got, I used to argue all the time with the Morelia people, like, uh, you know, they would be saying, it's like, the ball python hate and all and all that stuff. And I'd be like, Guys, why do you care? And then I look at somebody like Travis Wyman who has ball pythons and like he he legitimately is passionate about the genetics of these animals. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's he's working with the morse, but he's like passionate about these genetics because he's a geneticist, right? But yeah. like this is his thing, right? And he's and so the idea that like just because you're working with morph, somehow you're like this money hungry person, like yeah. no, maybe you just like you like that idea that you're making something like to see how this works or how these two genes play together Interact, and you, you yeah. make something cool yeah you know i mean i don't know no it's that's 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 a, that's a, that's a real <laughs> no man that's a real thing and i mean like i i've definitely said it before like i mean the, the day when it comes to ball pythons the days of being able to like really crush it and make a hundred percent of your living off ball pythons like those days are gone you know, right. the, the, for, most the, the, for, for most people, there's a, there's certainly a few exceptions where, you know, there's a handful of people that are still crushing it. But, you know, if you compare right. that to the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, when literally a single gene spider ball was, you know, 20 grand or something, right. you know what I mean? Like th right. those days, just they're not there anymore. You know, I mean, to see a ball python over ten thousand dollars is is actually quite rare now these days, <laughs> right. uh, yeah. which I mean, I guess. Thank God for that. But also, <laughs> you know, but um, but it, it's interesting because like, you know, I, and I've said this before on, on previous episodes, like with ball pythons, I think one of the most untapped parts of that industry is nobody really went down the line of uh, polygenic traits with ball pythons because it was all about just, yeah. you know, pairing morphs together and seeing what crazy cool combination you could get, you know, because sure. there was like, the lemon pastel, the citrus pastel, you know, there were like different lines of pastel because sure. for, for the longest time, that was basically it, yeah. you know, that existed for morphs. Right. But um, after the, the morph game really got hot, nobody really bothered to deal with polygenics at all. And I'm like, you know, with the amount of normal ball pythons that were being imported, you'd think that, you know, everybody who, would, who was going nuts over those dinkers, you know, would have like... Right seen a project through to fruition a little bit more rather than just jump right onto the, the morph bandwagon. So I, I think um, that is still very much untapped, you know, territory for ball pythons. Cause I mean, man, it doesn't really matter what it is. If you show me like a crazy yellow pastel 
that's just like really clean looking, really nice looking. I'm going to be like, man, that's right. a nice looking snake. Mm -hmm. You know, right. yellow and black contrast is already going to be eye catching. So if you really dialed that in, you, you'd you be crushing it, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's uh, 100% like, um, who was the guy? I'm trying to think. He was on Reptile Radio. I want to say his name was Albie Too Sure or something like that. Oh, yeah. Too sure Reptile. <clears throat> yeah, Albie's right? Too Cool or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And he used to selectively breed, like, you know, his pastels and stuff. And I remember, like, you know, if you wanted, like, a, a, you know, this – this certain look in your pastel, like that's the guy to go to. I remember them talking about yeah. it. I had him on the show and he was talking about that. He's like, you know, a lot of people just focus on like, I want to recreate a pinstripe. So I'm just going to breed this to this and make pinstripes. And then yeah. here's pinstripes. <clears throat> Whereas some people would, you know, like him, you know, but like you're saying, not a lot of people would do this. It's like, they would like get the nicest normal that they could find and breed it to the pinstripe, and then all of a sudden your pinstripes pop. Look nicer, yeah. Than, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so I, I think there's there's still some room for that. You know, I think especially as the the overall prices of morphs continues to, to decline, or they kind of like hit their kind of steady bottom dollar, you know, in the, in the retail world, I think you might start to see people just kind of be like, man, like I really do want to produce a crazy cool combo, but you know, maybe I can't afford it or whatever, but like, I really like the look of that, you know, of that pastel or of that pinstripe that's got a really reduced pattern or, or whatever. And I think right. maybe at some point you'll start to see some people kind of really dial that in on those polygenic traits, which I think would be cool. Cause if you Hell get yeah. enough of that happening, you know, I mean, see, we see it with, you know, cow Kings to, to get more white out of the, you know, the high white cow Kings and all that selectively bred stuff. It's just a cow King. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's nothing extra crazy going on. It's just you know, three, four, five generations of uh, of line breeding gets you these really insanely high white animals. So I think we'll, we might start to see that soon in, in ball pythons at some point, which I think right. would be interesting because then if you do start to throw that into other morphs, you'll see how that changes that interaction. You know, because I mean, I think about a lot of the stuff that we produce at Nerd. You know, it, some of the combos are not necessarily all that crazy from what other people are producing, but they look noticeably different. And um, a lot of that has to do with just the fact that, like, Kevin had the original stock and was, like, dialing that stuff in and then started right. to throw the other morphs on top of it. So there's, like, polygenically bred stuff that was just existing and then thrown into other morphs that never really were line bred for anything specific. So you get all that kind of mashed together and you're like, huh, this looks very different than it should. And then comes the whole brigade of like, it's another gene. What does that dot mean <laughs> on the second right. scale down the left side? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like with carpets, I always looked at jungle carpets, right? And you look mm -hmm. and you see what has been done, um, you know, since the, uh, you know, wild jungle carpets. And now you see what we're dealing with on this end. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like, holy shit, man. It's came, it's come so far. Yeah. So my thought was, and it's kind of like why I don't have, I do have jungle carpets and I bred jungle carpets, but like, I've always sort of pushed them to the back burner because I felt that like for me, I was like, okay, I want to do this carpet and like pop one carpets or IJs or whatever you want to call them. Um, 
um, were sort of like where I, I was like, if, if you can make that snake with two collars look like that, Imagine mm. what you can do with a snake with three or four colors. Mm. Like I can bring out the orange or I can make it brown. I mean, I have melanistic projects. I have, you know, <clears throat> uh, red projects. I have, it's just, it, you know, uh, yellow, high yellow. It's mm-hmm. like, there's so many different ways that you can go with them. It's just untapped potential. And, yeah. um, you know, I, if I'm the only one that cares about it, then so be it. But, you know, um, I, I freaking love them, you know. Inland carpets are another one, like the, the mm-hmm. blue that you could bring out in them, um, you know, and even coastal carpets. Like, I think that, like, the Jag came along and kind of hijacked that selective breeding process uh, that right. you get with coastal carpets because it's the same thing we're saying with ball pythons. It's like, well, I just want to produce a Jag, you know. Yeah. And then I think of the people that had crazy Jags and how they stood out and, like, you know, guys like Mike and uh Mm -hmm. uh, mo from mojo reptiles and you know uh i'm trying to think who else you know just off the top of my you know uh headhunter reptiles Mm -hmm. Paris, guys like these that that like selectively picked out jungles to look a certain way and like you know you can immediately look at an animal and say oh that's from this stock right right yeah so that's when I think wow. about selectively bred stuff. Carpets are definitely the thing that comes to my mind, and then blood pythons too. But carpet pythons for sure. The jungle carpets going from what they look like naturally to what a lot of them look like in the U.S. now is just like it almost looks like two different snakes, like two different species of snakes. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I'm I'm super excited to see where the IJs go because I'm not crazy about carpet pythons, but I do love the West Pop ones, the IJ carpets, and I've always loved them. Um, but there's really, I mean, there was like Spitfire reptiles back in the day. You know, Yasser had like some really, really nice contrasted animals. But I feel like after jungles kind of got their time in the sun, a lot of people stepped away from doing the IJs and West Pop ones. And they just kind of focused on the jungles. And then the Jags came and they started working on jungle Jags and doing more Jag coastal stuff. And the IJs yeah. definitely kind of fell back. And then mm-hmm. the Azanthic. Uh, West Pop ones came out and they're evil, so everyone's afraid of them. And <laughs> but yeah, man, they are sons of a bitch. I don't know what the problem is. I I I don't know what their problem is, but they have a hair across their ass and they will not let it go. Like everyone yeah. that I've met has been a, a yeah. monster jerk. Yeah. 100%. But I I just think of like the orange tones and the yellows and the black on the West Pop ones and like. I am super excited to see what people are starting to do with that. With like like Stephen Katz is just doing some really cool stuff with some imported animals. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Ca- Carlos over uh, on the other side of the pond doing some cool oh, stuff. Yeah. Yep. Like I every time I see some of those guys and like Corey Woods and stuff, when I see those guys post some of their IJs, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's like only maybe you know a couple generations. Just think about like in another two or three generations, how crazy it's gonna be because they're already starting to zero in on these like the flames on the sides or getting more of that intense rich orange color, or like getting a little bit darker colored in there. And I I love all that, so I'm super excited yeah. to see where what direction that goes in. You know, for me personally just i i have always found the west pop ones to be my favorite i was like oh they, they stay a little bit smaller they're usually more a little more friendly than some of the other carpets so i'm cool with that and then the <laughs> yeah. uh the azanthus came and ruined it all so <laughs> <laughs> i um yeah like I, I i produced a clutch last year of um i bred this um 
I don't know if you guys have ever, ever seen an animal and like it's in somebody else's collection. This has happened to me a couple of times. And you're like, at some point in my life, I have to have that animal or something mm-hmm. from like an from offspring it, yes. from that animal. Yes, 100%. So I, I would immediately contact the person that has it and say, listen, if you ever, I'm not telling you to sell it, but if you ever decide to sell the snake, please hit me up first. You know? Yes. So uh, Dave Kelly had this IJ that sort of was on MP for a long time. And like the banding on this animal is like nothing I've ever seen in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. This animal has got to be one of my favorite animals in the collection. And I, he bred her once and only one of the babies survived. So when I bought the mom, I also bought the, uh, the baby as well. And like watching that baby grow up, I'm like, holy shit, this thing is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I need to recreate this. So yeah. I had animals, the male, the sire of the clutch, I had from uh, an animal that he used the same, like, from the same clutch. They were the siblings. Mm-hmm. I used that. And I didn't even post any of these pictures up yet because I've been hoarding them because I know as soon as I put them <laughs> up, everybody's going to be hitting me up. <laughs> yeah. so, dude, the banding on these things is fucking perfect sorry i don't know if you curse or not yes we do we fucking do (laughs) i have never seen the clean bands like this ever in my life it's it's oh my god i'm just like i can't i'm like all 12 of you are probably gonna stay stay here look look, now all i'm saying is you've got my phone number now (laughs) so you can send me some pictures and uh i'll send you pictures <laughs> He's like the snake's not happening, but the, yeah. I'll send you a picture. Yeah, I'll send you the pictures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But dude, I, I, man, like uh, you know, and that's such the cool. Uh, and you know, I, I learned like I've been herping a lot and hanging out the past couple of years with Keith McPeak, and he's uh, been a huge influence on yes. me for mm. like you know just the way he thinks and the way his the way he just approaches stuff. It just like. I'm just I'm just in awe of of the guy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yes. I'm just like sitting there, like, okay, school's in session. Let me sit down. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And like, uh, he's such a humble guy. Like, but you know, his his approach is like he's like you know his his thing is is like as you guys know. I mean, you you know you short tails and stuff, but like he. He just selectively bred stuff mm-hmm. and like you can't reproduce it. The only Keith yep. can reproduce it. Exactly. You have these animals, you know, and it, it gives you such an edge yep. um, mm-hmm. in, in what you're producing. And like people will come to you because they want that look, you know, Matt Minatola is another guy that I like really look up to when it comes to that kind of stuff, because the shit he's done with Borneos, I mean, dude, He's got to be the best Borneo producer in the world. Yes, I mean, yeah. easily, wrong? easily, one hundred percent. No, yeah, and and you know? he's um, got that title, and people know if they want to get the nicest Borneos, they go straight to Matt mm-hmm. because he's yeah. he's his clutches, the stuff that he produces, they speak for it's themselves. Silly. Yeah, yeah he posted. He all he doesn't even have to describe. He just posts a picture of it, and everyone is just like, "That is incredible." Yeah, whenever I see a photo yeah. dump. From, oh yeah, from Philly Herp. I'm, I'm like, like, all right, I'm going on my lunch break. I need a half an hour to fucking stare at these photos. Let me just zoom in but, on this one right here. Why yeah. is this one so much different than that one? They're in the same clutch. This is insane. Yeah. <laughs> me and Jeremy yeah. are just sitting there going back and forth over. Do you see this one over yeah, here? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But dude, check this out. The yeah. Thing is, like, he will call me up and he's like, "Yo, Eric, I got a sexy Borneos. Would you know come over and give me a hand?" And like. 
he's you know i get bit to shit and like <laughs> pissed on and like you, know, you probably said borneo's shirt tail but i don't give a shit man yep because i'm getting to look at these animals like nobody else can look you know what i mean yes I'm just, yeah like, i'm right there in the and to me that's just like i guess like doing the podcast and stuff it's afforded me these opportunities to meet you know these great people and like you know matt should have an ego that's like you know it's, it's <laughs> but he's just such a chill guy you know what i mean yes he's the same way and like you know just hanging out with these guys you're just like wow like you're just a normal dude okay here we go all right <laughs> yeah exactly dude i'll give you a secret here and we yeah. should not share this with anyone but i okay. you know dan Megano is another short tail guy and uh yeah. he comes up to have me sex his baby short tails because he's in Connecticut. So nerd is, you know, an hour and change from him. So whenever right. he produces stuff, he, ha- he sexes them and he has me double check him and, and tell him what I think and everything. But whenever he comes up to me, I don't get bit. And you want to know how I do it? How do you do it? You tube them like a venomous snake. So you get like a little plastic tube that's like a foot and a half long. You feed them into there and then pop them while they're in there. You get peed on, but you don't get bit. I love it. The You know what so, I used before was paper towel tubes because you can actually pinch it so that if they uh, are smaller than the tube, they can't turn back around and get you. Genius. Secrets. Okay. Secrets. <laughs> That's, that stays between us. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt always tells me, he's like, approach it like a venomous snake. Yep. You know? But like, I, I just, I, I don't think. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, okay. And I'll reason, just hold it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, wow, I'm glad I don't have venomous anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very different world. When, yeah. When... Yeah. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. Sheesh. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So uh, what, what type of stuff did you keep when you kept venomous? So I, I, I'm super lucky, man. I, I talked to a lot of people and like, you know, uh, a lot of them, their parents were not into reptiles. My dad is the complete opposite, right? He was so hog wild into reptiles my whole childhood that that's all that I was around. And like, he kept, let's see, Eastern Diamondbacks, Western Diamondbacks, Gaboon Vipers, uh, Tree Vipers, um water moccasins, uh, copperheads, uh, cobras, uh, monocle cobras. Yeah. Yeah. Monocle cobras. Um, trying to think what else he had a couple different, he had, uh, sidewinders, um, Mm. a couple other different types of rattlesnakes and such. That's awesome. I know. I know I'm forgetting stuff, but like he (laughs) just had so much, like so many he had indian pythons which like wow we had them today you know what i mean yeah (laughs) yeah. for real (laughs) um but yeah so that's kind of like most of the stuff was um probably i would say the majority of the stuff was uh rattlesnakes or vipers is really Mm -hmm. uh, what it was that's cool man so you were exposed to that early on oh yeah yeah like i'm 10 years old i remember my my dad was uh so we had he built this cage in our basement and in the bottom part of the cage and this cage had to be like i guess it was like maybe 15 feet long wow it mm. was a wooden cage that he built oh my and he God. put a kid pool in the one side yeah and, and you know it's funny it's like i think of like what my dad did and like that generation of herpers and like they didn't have radiant heat panels or mm-hmm. like you know yeah. the lights and the, you know you had to make it work with what you had yeah yeah so uh 
So he put this kid pool, and he had uh, he had a, a, a Cayman that he had in oh, there, wow. and, you know that <laughs> that stayed in the bottom. And then he built uh, like an above part of it, and that's where these uh, he had the Indian python. Wow. And the one day he went to feed it, and he you know did the old throw the rabbit into the the dead rabbit, and the snake just sees your hand oh. and it wraps them. Oh. This thing it had to be I don't know between fifteen and eighteen feet. It was a huge snake. Because wow. uh, cause back then, the cool thing to do was feed snakes, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> all the snakes were fat back then. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, he's, he's yelling, Eric, you need to come down. You need to come downstairs. And I'm just like, what's the matter? Come, just come down. And I'm just like, okay. I'm walking down the steps. There's my dad with this 18-foot Burmese or Indian python wrapped around him. Oh, and, and he's like, you gotta help me get it off. I'm like, I'm, what? I'm freaking ten years old. <laughs> <laughs> we got it off though. Jeez, that's uh, gold. Oh my fire, man. <laughs> For Literally, sure. Literally. Uh, <laughs> How deep's the deep end? Well, now it's deeper. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I just. I think about people nowadays because I get a lot of people who contact nerd and they're looking for like their first pet snake and they want a ball python and they're like, I want to get like a, a boy because it stays smaller. And I'm always like, I, I hate to break it to you, but like some of the biggest ball pythons I've ever seen in my life were actually males. People, there's like a thing in the like 90s where the, a lot of guys who rode yeah. motorcycles like to have a snake around their neck while they're riding their bike. And so they wanted to have like a big ball python because berms are too big to like ride around with so a lot of people i like met i I shouldn't say like met but like people i saw who had ball pythons they had these like five and six foot long giant ball pythons because what they would do is they'd invite all their biker buddies over to their house to watch them feed their snake and they would make it a weekly thing where they get like a giant rat or a rabbit or something and then everyone came around and watched the snake eat so they had these like six foot long bigger than a coke can ball pythons like these monster things and they'd be like oh I think it's a girl and then you like go to pop it and there's these giant sperm plugs and you're like Jesus this is the biggest boy I've ever seen in my life and I'm like you know that's just how it is though so a lot of people they're like I want a boy because it's going to be smaller I'm like if you feed it like it's going to be smaller your girl's not going to get giant but if you feed them like you want them to be big they'll get big so honestly it has more to do with how you keep them than whether or not it's a boy or a girl yeah 100% yeah I just I think about that uh, that male double hat candy pied. Oh my god! That yeah, we have and Kev, Kev was like, "Where's where's the male? Where's the male? Where's the male? <laughs> we got him. Do we do we leave him somewhere?" And then I'm like, "No, I'm pretty sure it's that thing right there." He's like, "No, it's too big. It's too big." <laughs> sure enough, pop it and giant male. Like, oh, he's five foot long. You're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he was like, he was like, that's the male. I was like. That's a big boy. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, usually, I mean, usually stuff. with, I mean, it's certainly true. With, I think just about every species, you get the male too big. They're just not going to, they're not really going to do anything. Lazy, gonna, good for nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not want to yeah. breed anybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I with carpets, I keep my males surprisingly small to people. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like really small. And, um, they just they're they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, they're like what? he's not six foot long. What are you doing wrong? And you're like, no, he breeds no, every year for he me. Breeds, yeah, know. he's crushing it. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> it, you know, I, um, I, I, I can't, I, I don't know, man. And, and I thought for a long time that like I was doing it wrong. And then, um, I started buying, I bought a couple, uh, like adults from, uh, like, uh, Nick Martin mm-hmm. and, um, when he sent them to me, they were males and I opened it up. And as soon as I opened up the snake bag, I'm like, okay, I feel good now. (laughs) Dude, we've got this group called, um, uh, let me ask my wife. And it's basically just like a seller's group for people who, uh, you know, work with, (laughs) so you see where this is going. So, (laughs) It's, it's called, I'll, I'll add you to the group because it's really funny, but it's like, it's just for people who are, you know, people who buy and sell snakes and it's where you can kind of vent your, all the stupid questions that you get and the people who are like, how many grams is this uh, baby snake? And you're like, it's eating fuzzy mice. That's all you need to know. It's, it's a baby carpet python. It's okay. Um, but someone posted in there and they were like, am I the only person that's like fed up with people about asking for the gram weights of my baby snakes? And there was a couple of people who were like, well, I ask that at everything that I buy because there's a big difference. And I was, I just wrote on there. I was like, nope, you guys are being dumb. You need to know what it eats. And then everything else is irrelevant. Like you, right. it's, it's not relevant, yeah. but I'll yeah, add you that. Tell group. me that the snake is feeding. Yeah. I it is eating consistently. Yeah. That's, that's what I care right. about. Yeah. But yeah. that's, that group can be a riot sometimes. It's, that is very true. Because yeah. <laughs> everyone who bad, sells man. snakes has got that story of the guys Oh, asking you questions. Oh, what is it eating? Where, is it, where does it come from? You give them all this information. You send them pictures. You do this. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Let me ask my wife. And then you never hear from them again. <laughs> they just yeah. disappear into the ethos. Yep. At the, at the yeah. reptile at the reptile shows, those are the guys that are like, yeah, let me just go around one more time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Wow. Uh, <laughs> my least favorite part of the whole reptile hobby is yeah. selling snakes. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yep. It I, never I, gets better. I want to be like Gary Valle so bad to where like you need to like know somebody to contact me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I yep. want to be, yeah. be that guy. Like <laughs> oh, everybody wants his carpet pythons, but like, oh, you don't know his email address. So like, you ain't I don't getting know, them. Yeah. I don't know if you're in the circle or not. You know? Yep. <laughs> you need oh, a dude, that's, code or something. That's the, the ultimate goal. Yes. Man. That's to not have yeah. to advertise. Dude. That's a, I mean, like that's that's Steve. Yep. All all day. It's yep. Like, hey man, look, do you want this? Because I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to deal with that. I can't deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I got you, bro. I got you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just uh, I just gave Owen um, all my jags. I kind of got out of jags because mm. I was like, I kind of, you know. I guess I could say, I, I, I don't know. I didn't think I, I talked about this briefly on NPR, but it's like, you know, I, I will start this by saying that, you know, I have bred Jags. They have bred, they have eaten, they have, you know, a hundred percent, you know, live life to the fullest without issues or problems or anything like that. It's just that they're a little goofy, a little off. They're very know? goofy. And so <laughs> like, I, it just really comes down to me for like my thought on that whole like you know back and forth debate about whether it's right or wrong or whatever it's like it really just comes down to your individual feeling you know and like Mm -hmm. for me i got tired of like hatching out snakes and like you know it would be the most beautiful snake and then like you know it's upside down or something like that you know and then i just like i was just like oh man i just this just isn't for me anymore so you know i just owen is like the uh 
that's like his best part of being the co-host of the podcast. He's like the first person to get anything that I'm. I'm just like here, just move. take yeah. it. Just get rid of that. Here, take it away. Take this exotic jag. Take this, 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 this. Spend thousands of dollars on this shit. Just take it. Leave and go. That's that's essentially what's happening with me and Rob. Yeah. Really? <laughs> it's like, yeah, hey, I got. I produced all these Borneos. You know, what do you need? Raise this. Raise this yeah. thing up for here, me. Raise that yeah. up. You know, it's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. See, the cool thing about that is it's like you know where it's at yes right? yeah 100 like, like later on down the line like ah, maybe you know i'll give these jags a shot again hey owen i want one of them jags you can't tell me no i gave yeah. them all to you you know what i mean yep <laughs> yep you know? exactly so, exactly it's a good, good spot to be in you know so. oh most definitely for sure I, I think that's one of the things that like it's good to be uh, invested or involved in your community locally uh, when it comes to reptiles, especially if you find people who are into the same things that you're into. Um, when you kind of get to build those relationships, like they, people used to do it at Reptile Expos, but now it's a lot harder with COVID and everything. But right. as you're getting connected and making those friendships and, and doing those sort of things, you know, if you have something that you don't really want to sell, but you're running out of space and doing this or doing that, you know, you can be like, hey, I trust you, you know, raise this raise this up see what you can do yeah. with it and then you know if you do need it down the line you know if you have people that you can trust you know they're they're gonna reach out and help you out and that's oh, yeah. something that is not as um i don't know it's like not really as widespread in the ball python community um because everyone's just <laughs> trying to make true. that next new morph and i'm not you can't have this because F you, begin. I'm going to do it first and blah, blah, blah. But, like, I feel like in a lot of the other communities, like the carpet community and the short tail community, they're more invested in seeing people just do well and, and make these snakes that everybody enjoys. And mm-hmm. that's something I like about yeah. them. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think what I like about the short tail world, right, is that, first of all, they're, they're, they're beautiful snakes. And I think, like, um, I remember – the first time I was hanging out with Rob Stone, like he used to do a whole lot of like, he would go to cam and he would mm-hmm. be able to pick through, you know, all this stuff and whatnot. And then he would sort of like establish it and sell it. But like some of the, some of the short tails that he had, man, or came Wild. across or like, are Wild. just insanity. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, he's like, he would tell me, he's like, when I would talk about like, you know, dinker things and dinker carpets and dinker ball, you know, like these things that maybe like you could take in a direction or whatever, he would say like, you know, he would always say to me like, Eric, there's no snake, no python that is like the short tail python because they are so variable. Incredibly. (laughs) So variable. Like you could do so many projects with this. Like, could be on equal playing field to say ball python morph wise, dare I say. Yes. I mean? Like yeah. because there's just so much untapped potential there. And it sort of reminds me of like this it's like this little niche of, of pythons that sort of is like the carpets in a way, but like they're completely different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yep. it's like you know, do you like long skinny folks or do you like short fat snakes? Chubby. But like it's sort of like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the same thing. But uh but yeah. I, I mean, that's sort of like what led to Carpet Fest, what you're saying, you know, like um, mm. I, I just was, we were, Owen and I were, were chatting and I was just like, dude, we should do like a barbecue and get together and have have like all the local people that are near us. Like, let's just hang out and like not be on a computer talking to each other and like, 
let's learn about each other and like what you know maybe we'll become good friends with some people or whatever you know like yeah if you're at a show you really can't like talk to people about stuff because you always feel like you know you're tr- they're trying to make sales and there you mm-hmm. are like excuse me sir <laughs> yeah excuse me <laughs> i'd like to My know about this yeah i'd like to know about this boss head albino boss head albino carp python please <laughs> Uh, <laughs> get the hell away from my table. Dude. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> dude, oh, well, you know what? You know what's funny is a- after after my first carpet fest, mm. I remember leaving it, and I was just like, dude, this for me is what the industry really is about. The the yeah. real bones of the industry. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, hell yeah. We we've ta- you know we've talked before, and like a lot of, a lot of times people at, at Tinley are basically like, man, like this is the, the this is my family. The, yeah. This is the family. It's the family reunion. We get yeah. together twice a year kind of deal. Um, right. You know, but really outside of that, it doesn't, it doesn't really happen. It doesn't happen. You no. know? Um, and uh, now if it happens, it's just because everybody's too hyped up about social media and they're like, Hey man, I'm going to come to your place, but I'm going to film a bunch of videos. Yeah. Like I'm not just going to come and hang out and you talk know, snakes and talk <laughs> about snakes. Yeah. So right. I, I really feel like carpet fest is, um, is literally that that embodiment of what the industry truly is and, and obviously it's it's done amazingly well seeing as how it happens in three different parts of the country and also so, around the world yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 exactly i know right <laughs> i'm i'm super pumped about that and i'm i'm excited for when carpet fest can happen again so i can go to the og we went to southeast but i, I need yeah, to hit man. the the original yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, come on, man. As, as a short tail guy, you're going to be. I know. I know. Like, you know. <laughs> Dude, uh, I think that was like the worst decision I could have ever made going out there and be like, yeah, I'm going to go to Matt's place. And you're like, I'm glad I left the credit cards at home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh, man. man. So we're, we're winding down our time right now. I know it's quick. It's not as long as NPR, but we're winding down our time. But yeah, at the no at the end of our episodes, we like to ask our guests one question, the one question to rule them all. Uh, okay. <laughs> what in the realm of reptiles, be it something that you're working with or something that you've seen somebody else working with or just something interesting that you've seen on social media, uh, what is something in the realm of reptiles that's got you excited about reptiles? Something that's got me excited about reptiles. Yeah, something you saw um, and you're like, oh, that that right there, that's it, that's the thing. <laughs> Owen Pelly Python. Yeah. Oh, yes. How did yeah. I know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, I mean, you know, I, I mean, it's such a rare snake. Mm-hmm. You'll see it in the wild, and then. Just the keep rubbing it in. To <laughs> meet up with, yeah, I know. To meet up with Gavin. You know, Bedford, yep. somebody that I'm, like, reading his papers and shit, and, like, now I'm sitting here having a beer with him and eating croc- crocodile parmesan, which, by the way, is the most delicious parmesan of anything you will ever eat in your life. Amazing. I promise you it's delicious. Anyway. Um, oh, man. So, you know, and there we are at Crocosaurus Cove, like, right outside there at this bar just shooting the shit, and then, you know, he takes us over to... Uh, to to you know we're telling him like oh yeah we kind of struck out with finding a darwin carpet and he takes us on a ride we go to the botanical gardens 10 minutes later there's one up in the tree 
and he's like, oh, come on, guys, I'm going to show you something. So we, we go around this corner there, and sure enough, he freaking pulls out an Owen Pelly python. Dude. <laughs> God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, I produced these last year. I'm like, oh, oh, man, son of a bitch. Jeez. I get the whole bit? Oh, Dude. man. Oh, Come on. I'd be so geeked. <laughs> like, I think there's like five people in the United States that can say that they actually held an Owen Pelly Python. I mean, come on. It's just it's wild. That, yeah. I don't know. Snakes are so cool. Hell so, yeah. So cool. But, that is mint. Hell yeah, yeah dude. So awesome. All right. So <laughs> if people want to find out more about you and the things that you're doing and yes. uh, throw out all of your social media stuff, uh, plug, plug what you're going to plug. Sure. Uh, for me personally, ebmoralia.com. That's my website. Uh, I'm sort of like trying to make that sort of the hub where I make everything come out of. You can follow me on social media under all that stuff, either one, Instagram, Facebook. And for the podcast, it's all under Morelia Python Radio. The website's moreliapythonradio.com. I would say this. If you're interested in Morelia, I try to make that like a hub. It's got all the morphs on there. It's got all the subspecies on there. It's got like natural history on there, books and stuff. You know, just try to make it simple so you can go there. And if you're interested in learning more about it, it can point you in the right direction to go. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Bam. So thank you very much for coming on tonight, man. Hell yeah, dude. Appreciate yeah. it. And we're going to have to have you on again. Yeah, anytime. Sweet. Oh, yeah. Hi, right, man. All have right, a nice dude. night. Bye. Right. See you. Okay.